Yeah, what is going on, everybody? We are back with another episode of From My Experience Podcast. I am your host, Rob, and I'm feeling fantastic today. These past couple of weeks have been personally enlightening. Enlightening? Enlightening? However you say it. They've been great. Um, and I hope that y'all have been doing great as well. As always, I want to start by saying thank you to all of our followers, listeners, and subscribers. If you've been commenting, if you've been sharing, if you've been calling, texting, emailing me to encourage me, thank you so, so very much. This podcast is all about promoting positivity and getting you the advice and the words of wisdom that you need so that you can take the next step forward in whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. And don't forget... You can always support the podcast by shopping with our affiliates. The link is in our description. Now, today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Y'all know we love guests on this podcast. And this special guest is actually doing something that is heavily needed in our community that being the black community something that causes she is she is solving the problem that typically causes a lot of pain stress grief and division among families i'm going to let her tell you all about that but ladies and gentlemen without further ado we have the founder and principal attorney of ibekwe law firm miss iffy ibekwe For having me on that nope. intro was was everything <laughs> you deserve it for the work that i know that you are putting in and can i just say that um that piece of music you play reminds me of one of my favorite shows which is succession on hbo which is all about <sighs> backbiting families <laughs> and uh wanting to make sure that they're kept within the money mm-hmm. within the trust within the father's good graces and it is, you have to listen to the intro of Succession. It's very reminiscent of that. I'm, you know, I started watching it. I need to get back on it. I remember exactly where I stopped because something it's crazy the best. happened. Okay. It's I, the best. I will get I back it. on it. Okay. So my first question for you, who is Ify? I am a woman. I am a wife. I'm a mom of four little kids. Uh, for little black children in America, I should say. Mm-hmm. I am an avid reader, gardener, mountain biker, <laughs> world traveler in a former life. I don't know. I could go on and on, but I just have, I, I love, I love doing different things and I have a desire for uh, communicating with people and I'm trained as a lawyer. So I love to communicate what I'm trained in. And I, especially, you know, when you talk about something that the black community needs yes, and I see that it's not happening, that lights me up. And so, and so I'm all those things. Well, that, that sounds like a very nice variety and mixture of things. I bet you are probably the life of the party and you always have a story to tell, huh? Uh, I'm not the life of the party. No. I can extrovert when I need to, but I'm usually uh, over-talked out. Like, I love to curl up with a book and go on a, uh, a walk by myself or go ride my bike by myself or be in the garden and things like that. I have the gift of gab, but I'm not always talking. 
Yeah, you sound like me. I'm super introverted. Like, um, and people are like, how do you do a podcast and you're introverted? I'm like, it's one on one. It's Easily. a very controlled environment. <laughs> you know, like it's not the same. It's, yeah. it's definitely not the same. Um, I've definitely become more introverted mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, and as there's so many people in my house, it's like I enjoy quiet and alone and, and <laughs> introspection. People not touching me. <laughs> you sound like me, but I think I might start heading in the opposite direction. I need to hang out with <laughs> friends more and do more things and be more sociable, but I will get there one day. Um, so what sparked your interest in the field of law? Oh, that's a really good question, and it's not going to be deep. I always wanted to be a physician because my dad was a doctor. And so I went through all the motions. I went to the University of Texas at Austin, and I was pre-med until 9-11. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm really dating myself. I look younger than I am. Um, and I remember that morning waking up and thinking, well, if the world's coming to an end, I don't want to be in organic chemistry and genetics. <laughs> That was your thought. That's what it felt like. And it's so appropriate because we're recording this 20 years and a week, basically, to the anniversary. But 20 years ago, I was a sophomore in college. And I remember thinking, oh, this is it. This is how it ends. You know, all those Will Smith movies that we've seen Armageddon and all the, uh, you know, nuclear fallout type movies were really popular in the in the late 90s. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, this is about to happen. And I thought, well, I would rather do something I enjoy, something more creative. And so I didn't go to law. I went to creative advertising. Oh, I always loved marketing. I've always loved design. I've always loved to um, use my my creativity, like visually. And so that was great, except that it was post 9-11 and all those jobs were disappearing and people who had been working for 20 years were competing with new graduates. And one thing I enjoy is security. (laughs) And I just felt like that seems like struggle. And so one day my brother was visiting me and um, in Austin and he said, you know, you like to argue. Why don't you become a judge? And I thought, oh, it's a great idea. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) (laughs) You like, do you like to argue? (laughs) With him, I mean, he's my brother. We used to fight like Tom and Jerry. That's what my parents used to call us. I mean, we get along great. He's actually coming to my house this evening. Um, but yeah, we we I don't love to argue, but I love to debate. If that makes sense, I oh, think yeah. that's probably what that's I, I'm taking from that. And so I just looked into the prerequisite of. First of all, I didn't even know a judge had to be a lawyer. You know, like I'm talking oh. free Google. I'm like, what does it take to be? Oh, judges are. Lo-. It sounds really dumb now, but if you're not in a legal field, there's no one in your family that's in the law. I don't know. Yeah, right. I you don't know. know. And so I looked and I thought, oh, I just have to take one test. I don't even have to take all these pre-med type pre-law classes and took the test, got into the same university I was already in. And that's the rest is history. Excellent. 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 Wow. What (laughs) what an interesting journey. Um, It's interesting how events in our lives can just spark such a change. Yes. Um, For sure. I definitely I would have to say some of the same things or similar things happened to me in my life that led me to podcasting Um, and Mm -hmm. people just talking. You talk. You give such good advice. You're such a good listener. You should have a podcast. I'm like, man, I ain't doing that. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, uh, here we are. Here we are. Right. So, in particular, um, your area of focus is estate planning, correct? Yes. So, 
I know because you submitted a questionnaire, but can you uh, elaborate on why you chose that particular field? Well, the first 10 to 11 years of my career, I did school law, education law. My parents are both educators. My dad taught at medical school. My mom was a teacher, science. Shout out to my teachers. <laughs> Shout out to the science teachers taking all of that they take. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> I knew I would never do that. And I, you know, worked for corporate nonprofits for a very long time. And, you know, and I got fired. I mean, long story short, I got fired after 10 years at my last job. And mm. I, I like to believe that I was a very beloved employee. And so I kept my kids in the on-site daycare. And one day, one of the moms asked me if I did will. She was working for a financial planning firm. And whoever the attorney they had that they were giving referral business to was putting the wrong names on wills. So when people were coming to sign their documents, they'd have the wrong name. And I just thought, mm -hmm. dang, that dude's getting referrals. And I bet I could do that better. I know I wouldn't put the wrong name on the will. And literally, that's how I got into estate planning. And just for those who are already zoning out, because you're like, what the heck is estate planning? I don't have an estate. This, what does this have to do with my experience? No pun intended, but intended. <laughs> um, and so everyone has an estate. Everyone has an estate. Yes. If you are 18 years old and you can make decisions for yourself, which means that you're not under a conservatorship or guardianship, depending on where you live, no one's making decisions as a guardian over you as an adult. You have to make certain decisions about what's going to happen to you if you have a health emergency and your belongings, whether or not you have student loan debt, no home, renting, living at home laid off. It doesn't matter. You still have to make certain critical decisions. And the way that you do so legally is the field of estate planning. I'm so glad you said that. Um, and I hope that really perked y'all up and you're listening and you're writing this down. Estate planning can make your life, well, the lives of the people after you pass on so much more easier. Um, it just alleviates so many issues. Um, I, I did real. I, I was a realtor for a few years. So when I came across a property that needed to be sold and the estate was not taken care of, I could get a buyer instantly. But Absolutely. That, but probate and all that stuff and the arguing and I want this and I want that, it would prolong the process and make it so much more difficult for the family just to move on to that next step. So even if you are younger, <clears throat> start thinking about that. Talk to your parents about that. Hey, mom, dad, whoever your legal guardian is or whatever your relationships are with those people, ask them, like, do you have a will? Have you have you done some estate planning? You should ask it. I mean, it may seem uncomfortable, but it's highly important. My dad had that conversation with me um, when he fell ill, and we went over quite a few things. I'm like, Dad, why the heck are you telling me this? I think I was, like, 21. I was like, I don't, like, you're fine. And then he passed away. And then I was like, oh, mm -hmm. shoot. But I had the knowledge and the know-how, knew where everything was, and knew what to do from there. And it was easy. Absolutely. Yeah. And just to, to piggyback on that, it's not only when you die. It's for incapacitation as well. There mm -hmm. is a woman um, back in the 90s. Her name was Terry Shivo. She ended up having a heart attack, cardiac arrest, and fell into a um, vegetative state. Mm. And she was 26 year old and she was married, right? In prime of her life, no kids, like, you know, probably just living it up. I think she was in Florida. 
and her husband and her parents at first they agreed like let terry's gonna make it out of this we're gonna pray blah 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 and then her husband remembered her telling him if i ever have an emergency i don't want to be kept in that kind of state well there was no paperwork to that effect and her parents didn't agree and so Mm -hmm. they had a seven-year court battle to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars fighting each other Mm-hmm. over whether to pull the plug and let's see what happens to her and stop the artificial feeding and breathing or continue to have her in a persistent vegetative state. It was a huge news story. It's like an abortion story where you have the pro and the anti, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's the reason why this particular part of estate planning is really in, important. And that's like making decisions about if I'm ever in a coma and I can't consent for myself, how do I want to be kept? Do I want my parents going bankrupt? Do I want my spouse? Do I want my kids like losing everything because they have me plugged up? And I know it sounds so morbid to talk about that, Mm -hmm. but Terry Schiavo is 26. So this whole idea of, oh, why are we talking about this? I'm in the prime of my life. I'm still on my hustle. I'm building, you know, I'm grinding out here. Listen, Tomorrow is not guaranteed for anyone. And it's not necessarily death that can really impact your life. It could be a horrible COVID, the after effects of a COVID, uh, um, COVID exposure that you survive. But now it could affect your life, your ability to work, everything. Mm -hmm. And you want to be able to keep your voice in those decisions so you can make decisions for yourself and not have other people fight over it. Or if you have no one, have some random ethics board decide whether you're going to live or die. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. You. <laughs> that has nothing to do with being rich. Okay. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with <laughs> having a, a Kanye estate. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. Like you said, decisions have to be made. Um. And just for y'all, just to give y'all some more of my personal life. I'm 36. I'll be 37 in December. When I look at my life in my 20s versus where I am now, and again, not trying to be morbid. More of my peers have been passing away in my 30s mm-hmm. at a much higher rate, this before COVID, um, than, than more so in my 20s. Like It seemed like at one point, it was like every other month, a college classmate or somebody passed away. And I'm like, they were 33, they were 34, they were 29. And like it's a wake-up call because, like you said, tomorrow is not promised. And, I mean, COVID, COVID didn't teach y'all anything else. <laughs> it should have taught you two things. One, you do need to have your affairs in order. Two, you need to save your freaking money, <laughs> okay? And you need to have a strong plan B. It, it should have been a huge wake-up call. And this is one of those things, especially in our community, that we don't do a good enough job of. So, if we thank you for what you are doing. Um, now, this is a, a question, a personal-type question that I have, and especially for the people out there who are actually – really tuning in and considering doing this because some people mm-hmm. don't do it because of the misconceptions that are surrounding this. Do you know of any common misconceptions about ownership and assets? Because I know some people yeah. think just because they're in a certain position, they automatically get things and it doesn't work that way all the time. Yeah. So lots of misconceptions. Uh, if we're talking about assets, like that could be anything you own that mm-hmm. is an asset, right? Whether it's a home, a bank account, a life insurance policy, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. I think that there are many con- misconceptions. Some people think because they are married, it automatically will go to their spouse, yep. right? 
And it depends what kind of state you live in, because some states have community property laws and some have separate property, which means that if you came into a marriage with stuff already on your own and you haven't mingled it with your marriage partner, then that stuff continues with you, right? Mm -hmm. If you ever break up or that property gets passed on in a different way, okay? So there's the complexities there. I'm not even going to go into that. I don't want to lose y'all. The next thing is if you have kids, people automatically assume that if you have a child that your mom will get them or your, your, you know, whomever you want will get them, especially in situations where you're not with the other parent, Mm -hmm. right? The, the, the assumption is that the other parent will get them, but in places where that other parent might be incarcerated, that other parent might be abusive, but not have their rights terminated. That other parent might be absent, right? Or what I get a lot of, you know, I get a lot of clients who are, who are single by choice and have babies by IVF. Ah. And so there are things that they might assume actually, they actually are my favorite clients because when I tell you people who know what they want and have gone and gotten it, <laughs> yeah. they are, they are de- detailed like that when they are getting their estate plan and protecting that child too. Mm-hmm. But there are things that you can't take for granted. Like what if there isn't someone for that child to go to, then what, who are you going to put in place? Because there's no automatic. What everyone needs to pick up from this conversation is that if you do nothing, hear me and hear me well, the state, wherever you live, already has a plan for you and already has a plan for all your stuff. And so don't buy any of the lies that, you know, estate planning is not for me until I get to this level. I haven't bought the amount of life insurance that I want. I don't feel comfortable with how my coins are situated in my bank. Oh, I'm trying to pay off this. I'm trying to invest in that. We don't know the day or the hour. No one knows, right? And then historically, the reason that nobody you know does estate planning is because if we want to talk about the history of how this started, you go back to English law a thousand years ago when we talk about property ownership. And you're talking about land owning white men, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the people who were passing on their acres and they were passing on their cattle or whatever their sheep whatever it is they're passing on with the use of the estate planning process move it to the united states about 400 years ago what were they passing on they were passing on enslaved people Mm -hmm. right they were passing on heads of cattle they were passing on acreage right a lot of that system still is in place today some of these trust companies okay that are in place today, they were writing those trusts up, right? They were managing those assets. They might be in the, if you, they keep records. Yeah. One thing about, they keep records, right? And so one thing you have to know is you, you might feel ignorant about it because this is a system that was never intended for you as someone, in, depending on whether you're a woman or a person of color who was considered property to have the ability to use in order to protect yourself and your legacy. So we're talking about a complete paradigm shift here. (laughs) It is not a norm for 70% of Americans to have a will. And that's not even an estate plan. That's just a component of it. When it comes to black people, when it comes to people in the Latinx community, Asian Americans, that number is higher. And I dare to say with COVID-19 ravaging certain communities, it's even worse. Okay. And so for those who have an ear to listen, there is a reason that you may not prioritize this that is historical that your parents and your grandparents didn't do it, but it can completely change your life 
your children's life and their children's children's life if you take certain steps today and now. I mean, not necessarily as you listen, but look, if it is today, then so be it. So for for that person who just heard what you said and they want to do this and they want to get started, where should they start? Well, the first thing you have to do is, I okay, I'm going to give levels, right? Okay. I don't think that this is something that you should put off, right? It's an investment to get an estate plan done. It's not something that you should do on legal Zoom. It's not something you should do yourself, okay? And if you feel like money is your biggest barrier, there are ways to get it done for free or low bono. Clinics that off law lawyers put on, uh, for example, I work for a, a legal clinic for cancer survivors or people who are battling cancer, mm-hmm. and we'll do their estate plan for free. So even if you can't afford it, like legit, not not because you don't want to spend money on it, because I had mm-hmm. one consultation once this person didn't want to pay for their estate plan because they didn't have money, but they were getting a Peloton delivered, okay? I was like, (laughs) Priorities, people. She's like, I got to go. My Peloton just got here. And I was like, oh, okay, it's different. You can't afford it versus you don't think that it's of value to you. Okay, if you don't think it's of value to you, that's a different conversation because oftentimes you may not qualify for a free or low service, right? Mm -hmm. Low bono service. For those of you who... Um, and, and then just check because lawyers charge different things depending on where you are in your assets, right? Find a lawyer, find, uh, go find five to have a consultation with Mm -hmm. many of them do free consultations. I think the more serious ones do paid. And I'm saying that because I need to switch to paid because I get a lot of tire kickers, a waste of time for me, honestly, Do it because people don't value your time they just want to pick your brain i can't give you legal advice because you're not my client Mm. but find a lawyer and talk to them about what you're trying to accomplish do you want to make sure that your children are protected do you want to make sure that you know hey i have this life insurance i don't even have kids but i want it to go to my alma mater or i want it to go to my niece and nephew how can i set them up right? right even though you may not see stuff today there i have clients who have never had kids who do the most amazing things that they won't see. And they're like, you know, I just want to set up. I can't stand my sister, but I love her son. You know? (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. Wow. They're like, I'm disinheriting her, but I want him to have every advantage. And I'm leaving my entire estate to him and some life insurance. And there are things that you can buy and invest in that you may not see the benefit to you, Mm-hmm. But for that next generation, you can set them up well, where you're not going to spoil them with like giving just lump sums of cash, but you're going to take care of college. You're going to take care of their any kind of education, maintenance, support, their health needs. That's covered, right? And so no matter where you are, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you have a bunch of assets where you don't have anything, whether you have a lot of family or if you don't have any family, estate planning is for everyone. And the key is to find a lawyer, at least just have a consultation so you can express to them what you're trying to accomplish, what your goals are, and then move forward from there, you know. But I will say this, don't sit on somebody's consultation with no intention of like really moving forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. had somebody sit on my consultation. This is what it was like. I got to start making these paid. And yeah. she had already gotten an estate plan. And she's like, I just wanted to talk to you. I'm thinking of becoming a lawyer. What? It was really ridiculous. So or I'm thinking of starting some businesses. I want to learn about business succession. I'm like, this is not the purpose, Right. You don't want to go there and just pick somebody's brain. Like, really be intentional about what your goals are 
and moving forward how you would move forward with that person so that you're not just sitting there wanting free advice or you're, you know, if you pay, it's different. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I would start as a professional, as somebody who is an adult, you know, I'm not talking professions like you're a teacher or you're a doctor, like just somebody who is out there supporting themselves in whatever capacity. And you're an adult. This is the sort of thing you need to like look into and normalize in your life. Let's normalize it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yes. I, I'm with you on that whole consultation, tire kicking thing. I got a lot Ugh. of that in real estate, a lot, a lot of that in real estate. Um, and one thing I always tell people is, you know, think about your career, your job, whatever it is you do day to day. How would you feel if someone walked into your, you know, place of business or came to you for a service um, and you're doing this for free? with the intent of passing on knowledge and them moving forward and they just waste your time basically. Yes. Doesn't feel good. You know, if your it boss really doesn't. If your boss calls you and say, Hey, I need you to come work, you know, two hours for free, I'm I'm pretty sure ninety nine percent of us would say no. <laughs> like yes. what? No, I'm not doing this for free. Um, so I really want y'all to think about that. And like you said, just be intentional. You know, write down whatever no matter how dumb you think the question is, write it down. Come prepared to these meetings. Make sure that it is efficient and effective so that you get what you need out of it because this is your time too. Like, mm -hmm. this is your time too. So, and we have to stop being afraid. Some of us are just afraid, um, embarrassed because we don't have the knowledge. We try to become Google experts before we go mm -hmm. see somebody and try to use two or three buzzwords like we know what we're talking about. No, I'm, when I, like, if I were to come to you, I'll, the first thing I'll say is, I don't know anything about this. So Perfect. That's what my job is. I don't go to my dentist and ask them, okay, I need this crown done. So are you using this kind of, uh, you know, ceramic crown? And mm -hmm. what's the composition of it? And I read on here that some people are using gold. And this is the percent... No one would ever do that. If you had to go to a brain surgeon, you'd be like, now, is this the Da Vinci method we're using? Because <laughs> I was watching on YouTube and I heard that some, that, you know, some people go in like, it's different when you're asking just to ask, mm -hmm. but to think about those sorts of scenarios and how, first of all, you'd never sit on any of their consults for free. Right. Right. There's no way you're coming in. You're like, I just wanted to talk to you. They'd be like, OK, that appointment is going to cost this. So thank you for saying that for the, the people listening who are doing stuff for free, which I need to stop. It's on us, too, though. Yeah. Like we're allowing it. And so, um, yes. Yeah, so just like I go to the mechanic, I don't know how to change a timing belt. I bet I could watch a bunch of YouTube videos, but I still don't know which parts and whether there's a thing you flush out at the end and yep. do this, or I don't know how to fix a hole in my tire. Is it time for a new tire? Or do I need to just fix the hole? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be in here burning <laughs> rubber and taking all those fumes in. And I don't have the gear. It's the same thing with estate planning. That's the number one barrier. People are, I don't know enough. How do I know if it's, that's what estate planning lawyers do. Exactly. That's our job. You don't go to law school to do that. You don't go take a wills and estate course. You entrust us with that responsibility. We carry malpractice insurance for that reason. And there's a lot of risk that you can transfer when you hire a lawyer versus trying to go to the library and get some forms mm -hmm. or worse off going on Google and saying, oh, I got a will. I already got it. I got a will. I just put my name in, dated it, and I signed it. Oh, was it witnessed? 
Is that document notarized? Do you know that our state law requires notarizations on these three documents, but not these four? And that do you know that your witness has to be an adult, but maybe they can be 14 here in this state? You don't know that. <laughs> you better flex them expert muscles. <laughs> this is why you need an expert, ladies and gentlemen. They know things that you are not going to know. <laughs> right. Work oh my with goodness. a professional when you go, you know, you're interviewing them, like Rob said, like, this is for you to bring your questions. If they talk down to you, if they make you feel like you're dumb and that this is above their head and it's too much fast talk, trust your instinct. Go to the next person. But pick five and do that as an experiment. Go to five lawyers and, and interview them on this until you find one that you're very comfortable with and, and take money off the table when you're thinking about it. Right. Because not everything that's cheap is right for you. Right. Thanks. Some things are going to be an investment. And just like, you know, people love to stunt on Instagram back in the day. I mean, I don't know if people are traveling as much, but you pay thousands of dollars to go on a Bali trip or a yep. Thailand excursion. Yep. Right. And you get all those photos. Estate planning isn't like that. You're going to get some some legal documents. <laughs> it's not you're not going to be like I did have a client though say I got my estate plan. She flexed so hard it was so awesome. She's a she's actually a real estate influencer online, one of my clients and she was talking about she does uh, the key resources her handle okay. and she was posting on there about how she got her estate planning done. And I was like eh, yes. That's so awesome. We got to do more of that. We like do. that's a flex. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just signed my estate plan. I just set up my children, right? Like I just set up my health um, decisions. So no matter what I'll be taken care of, but it is an investment. You don't necessarily get great, you know, uh, meals and a pool and all of that. But <laughs> Listen, you're, you're investing now to save a lot of money later. Peace of mind. Peace of oh, mind. Oh man. Priceless. So I, I want to shift the conversation a bit because um, another thing I noticed in your questionnaire that you talked about, and I want to pick your brain about this, um, is wealth. Uh huh. So what do, what do you consider wealth? For me, wealth. I just got asked this question. Wealth is so much more than money in your bank. I, I consider wealth freedom, options, and time. Ooh. Right. Like you, you talk about being beholden to an employer, mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. And this phase of my life, I've done it for many, many years. I couldn't do it because the idea of being able to pick up my kids from school at 250, take them to mountain bike classes or to art class or to gymnastics or whatever. You know, I got four of them. And several <laughs> of them are in all of those things. Um, I, I, that to me is like, I don't have to give them the remnants of my day. You know, mm -hmm. I don't have to mm -hmm. be like, well, I don't get off till six. So you can't do that because mommy's not home and not, I don't have a babysitter to come get you. You know, some of these after school programs, you'd be like, are you just assuming there's a parent at home? Because yeah. who's <laughs> taking the kid? Who's picking them up? You're over at four. <laughs> the birthday doesn't end. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I so know. <laughs> wealth is time freedom to me. That's that's the ability to be able to move around freely without being beholden to anybody else. Right. And to create that there's a risk in that. Right. But the reward to me is so is so sweet, especially because my my family, my my husband and I are both entrepreneurs. This is such a golden time in our marriage. We we're just talking about it because for 
you know, almost the first 10 years, we were working. It's like, you can't do that because, you know, we need our health insurance and you can't mm -hmm. go here and you only have two weeks and you can't take it this week, but that's the week I can take it because this person has already asked for time off or that's when this event is working, is, is taking place. That to me felt like bondage. Oof. The wealth besides the money is the time freedom, the freedom to make decisions. You know, I was think I was talking to uh, one of my neighbors. She's from Turkey. I went to Istanbul the last time I left the country was 2019. Oh, nice. And she was like, oh, I was telling her, oh, I love the Bosphorus River. It was just gorgeous. It was just, I can't wait to take my kids there. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah. Let me get your number. You know, I want to make sure that when you go, I give you a good tour guide who can take you to this cave region. You can go on hot air balloons and you can go here and here and they won't scam you. They'll help you get around the country real easily without being taken advantage of. And I just thought, I told my husband, I was like, man, wouldn't that be nice? Like we could just go do a month in Istanbul, in Turkey. What if we did a month in Turkey and then we went to Nigeria with my mom, my family's from Nigeria. And just thinking about like, setting up my business in a way where I'm not stopping business for that. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm going to be working from wherever I want to work. That to me is wealth. You know, we have to separate it from just having money in the bank. You see people dying with financial wealth all the time. Like the, the, the former CEO of Zappos, Tony say mm -hmm. he died in a fire from smoke inhalation. He was worth millions of dollars. Right. He didn't have no estate plan. His family's scrambling. That's just wealth. But it was like, yeah, he had it, but it's that's it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't take that with you, but you take the memories and you take the experiences that you can. So when you ask me that, that's what wealth means to me. Now, I am in the wealth business when it comes to assets and passing on financial um blessings to other people so that there's the other component of it that that's really important but i really as i age i'm almost 40 I, it's shifted like mm -hmm. i love being able to wake up and sleep in because i just start my day at 10 you know <laughs> oh i'm, I'm jealous at 10 and i'm done at three okay like <sighs> must be nice yeah i'm not saying i'm you should see my calendar it is insane don't get me wrong it should but be <laughs> I, yeah i take mondays off Right. Because mm -hmm. I got to I got to shuttle some kids. I got to get the house to, you know, like there's certain things that have to be done. The balance, right. The balance. And so that's what I'm building in this season. That's the wealth of it. There's the richness of it. In addition to like I can tell you, I bought a lot of life insurance. OK, I got mm -hmm. four kids. My husband bought a lot of life. In yeah. Like I can tell you about all that stuff and you can know the strategy about it. But the why is like while we're here, I want them to see us. Yes. Yes, I want yes. to I want to be able to pick them up and say, how was your day? What just happened today? Not like at bath time or at bedtime. Yeah. But we got a good three hours. Let's go to the library. You're going to read some books. I'm going to probably like do some work. But we're together. Right. Mm -hmm. Or let's go get ice cream at the town square. You know, whatever it is. Invaluable. I, wanna, I want them to see like, oh, my mom was and like to be annoyed by it. Yeah. Oh, my mom is always at the field. Trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's invaluable. They will. They'll never they'll never forget it. Like, you know, those of you listening, you know, that had those experience. Like, I remember so many things that my parents did and how they were, were around and did things. And that stuff sticks with you. It, it sticks does. with you. Like the money and the stuff that they bought me. I could probably name some of the stuff that they bought me, but. 
the trips they like to there. Myrtle Beach and them being there and the laughs and the jokes and the playing in the backyard. Like I remember that stuff. Um, you actually just uh, sparked something in me. Now, now I think of <laughs> one of the reasons why I enjoy teaching. And I left the profession to do real estate. And then I did something after that. But I came back because it's a it's a little bit of a balance because I get pretty much every holiday off. And then I get the mm-hmm. summers off. Summer. So I love that time to just breathe. I get my time. I get my freedom. I have a stable schedule you know i start early but i get off early um so i definitely i'm with you on that and um i'm actually working now to do a few things to kind of shift it you know maybe within the next five to six years i might be able to be a full-time entrepreneur once again Mm -hmm. like i was when i was doing real estate um but that risk is serious (laughs) y'all please make sure you plan and and think about it because i did do it it didn't work out for me but i always had a plan b um, which I executed, but um, it yeah. was fun. It is fun to set your own schedule, wake up when you want to wake up, go where you want to go. Just knowing that all I got to do is pull out my phone or my laptop. I get anything done anywhere in the world. That feels That's awesome. great. Yeah, definitely plan. I mean, I, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. You know, mm-hmm. I'm an employer. <laughs> if we were all entrepreneurs, I wouldn't have any employees. And so... Um, Definitely be strategic about building your plan while somebody else is funding it. I mean, that's the best way. <laughs> yeah, that is the that is the best way. I don't that's want any of way. your headaches as an employer. Like, my broker yeah. in charge is my mentor still to this day, my former broker in charge. And we talk all the time. And, you know, he just sometimes he calls me, just lays out everything that's going on at the office. And I'm just like, ugh. Always something going on. Always. Yeah. It's always something going on with managing people and clients and systems and processes. And it's, I really am one of the people who thinks it's not for everyone, but if it's for you, listen, it is impossible for me to apply to work for anybody. I just can't. If I get job offers that I would have loved, like when I thought earlier in my career, if somebody offered me this, I'd just say yes. I'd be like, hmm. Not gonna be able to. <laughs> I can't even lift my fingers to type in my name in that application. I can't even make it to the meeting. Mm. You know, even if it's just like, here, I'm just gonna give it to you. That's a hard no for me. Thank you for considering me. Keep that line of communication open. Maybe in the next season, but for now, no. Um, That's I can't good do feeling. It. That's another great but, feeling to be able to say to, no. But you have to have that because my mom yeah. doesn't think it's great to be an entrepreneur. She thinks it's risky. And I think it's risky to depend on any kind of employer. As someone who was let go, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh, oh, okay, see, I could have been let go. I gave y'all 10 years, and then you guys were like, peace. Peace. Right? We'll replace you nice next week. But, yeah. oh, yeah, they moved on, and they're wonderful people. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I needed to leave because I had entrepreneur blood in me. But I had to be forced out. well i'm glad you have made a successful transition and i only have one more question for i have two more questions tell us about this book that you're working on yes oh i'm so excited so i am writing an estate planning book for the rest of us okay so for the people who aren't from these old rich white families um that we have the stereotype of who has estates like the hiltons and rockefellers and probably the Kardashians and the West and stuff like that now, but you don't have to be, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z to have an estate, although they 
often talk about their kids' estate plan, and it really just makes my heart happy. <laughs> I'm like, yes, more of that. Investing in art, I'm here for it. Um, and so I want to – I'm, I'm a millennial, barely, okay? I just snuck in. <laughs> but I want to encourage millennials because we are now the sandwich generation. We're taking care of our parents, and we're taking care of whoever is coming behind us to empower for lack of an, a better word that seems so overused, but to just activate people to get your estate planning done. It's for you. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It doesn't matter if no one you are around is doing it. It is for you. And this book is a guide on how to get started, how to talk to attorneys, the questions you can ask, just some statistics, um, just some of the historical stuff that I've been, I've been talking about even on our podcast a little bit. Just talking from the perspective of a black female estate planning lawyer in America, which we don't exist. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Only 5% of lawyers in the whole United States are black. Only 2% of that number of the, out of the two out of 5% are women. When you drill that down, a lot of people do criminal, they'll do family law. They'll do, um, you know, other types of law that you've heard of personal injury when it comes to estate planning. I don't even, I can't find the statistic. I know that I have gathered about 60 on my own in the country, but that's about what two and a little bit per state. So there's a reason like you don't see advertising coming from us in that area. And, and I've seen a shift in my, my clientele, just being public and out there and putting my stuff on Instagram. But that's what I want to do. I want to really call people of color in black people. Um, you, you are worthy. You are, you are making enough money right now. Even if you're making no money, you're still worthy of making decisions over your health and your, your wealth. So that's what it's about. It'll, it'll be dropping end of 2022 or beginning of 2023. My final manuscript is due to the publisher. I'm, I'm being traditionally published. Nice. I'm working on my contract right now. Nice. So I can acknowledge the publisher. Um, but I have a big publisher taking on the project because uh, my editor realized that it is something that needs to come out. Hold it's on. Let me, let me give you a round of applause for that. That's what we talking about, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, that's exciting. It's definitely, I need to be doing reels on that, right? Yeah. Be like, so I've been trying to like come up with all kinds of ways that I don't have to be like doing the busted challenge and stuff like that. I'm like, I gotta do stuff that still seems dignified for a lawyer, you know? Yes. Take me seriously, but I enjoy the other stuff too. And I can't dance as well. So, yeah. I'll be talking about that a lot more when everything is signed. Excellent. Excellent. Ify, thank you so much for your time. I'm definitely going to um, keep in touch because we definitely want to hear more about this book and everything else that you may have going on. You know, after some time passes, I'm pretty sure you'll have even more stories and even things we didn't even, didn't touch on today. But I really enjoyed this conversation personally. This is you've Thank actually you. just brought up something. I've been I've <laughs> I've been adulting lately. I've invested in some companies. I've been looking at my paperwork. Just got some more insurance, making sure the yeah. beneficiaries are listed and stuff like that. But I've not planned for everything. And I'm getting older. <laughs> getting a little older and I'm like, mm, "What's next? What's what's next yes. in my adulting journey?" 
And this is probably what needs to be next. So I'm definitely going to take your advice and find five people that I can mm-hmm. talk to about this to see what the next steps are. So um, awesome. if nobody else, you reach at least one person today. I'm pretty sure you reach more than one. But yeah, you've, you've, awesome. reached, you've reached me. So thank you so much. Um, is there anything else you would like to share with our audience, any of your social medias, websites, any of that? Sure. Um, I have a lot of information on social media. Um, my handle is at Ify Ibekwe, E-S-Q. That's my personal page where you can just follow what I'm up to. And then if you're just interested in estate planning, learning more, I offer a lot of resources on my page, willsintexas.com. And um, if you're a person who lives in Texas or Arkansas and you're ready to get your estate planning done, hit me up. I am always accepting new clients. And then the last thing I wanted to say is for those of you who are looking for lawyers in your state, and maybe you want to get black lawyers in the mix, if you go to my bio on Instagram, I have a national black estate planning database, lawyer database that I've been assembling. (laughs) I think it has about 60 lawyers right now. And then anywhere else, just Google Ify Abekwe and it should come up. I've been on um, talking about it. I write about uh, law and all kinds of things. So I'm on the internet for sure. My grandkids will see it. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, oh, dang, they're going to have a lot of audio. But yeah, it's, all out there and, and I hope that I have motivated you to help yourself help your parents protect your children protect your assets make sure you get your health care stuff done and and set people in place to help you god forbid if there's an emergency ladies and gentlemen there you have it cue my outro music for y'all y'all already know what time it is Ify, thank you again for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, all of Ify's information will be in the description. So if you want to reach out for her for, to her, you'll be able to do so from our description. Uh, thank you all again for listening. All the people who like, share, and subscribe, we greatly appreciate it. Think about your estate. Think about what wealth means to you and how you're going to preserve that wealth and pass it on to the next generation. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourselves physically, mentally, and financially, and we'll see y'all next time. Peace.